and horror hounds this is brett from dimension z joined as i am every week by greg of the dead how you doing man doing good how's it going ready to listen to some sacrifix so first time watch for me yes interesting movie oh yeah very interesting very different um it's weird how the end of the world almost comes about because a tree tipped over in a little boy's backyard Dude, so, this felt so weird to me. Like, this is another one of those, like, tonally weird movies. You know what I mean? Very much so. Like, I couldn't tell. I'm like, is this more geared towards kids? No. Is this scary? I can't tell, like, what what they're really going for. Kind of like Ice Cream Man and a few other movies we've hit. But way better yeah. than that. But you know what I mean. Yeah, but they definitely, at times, didn't exactly know what they wanted to do. Because, like... Our little kid, who also, like, watching it this time and paying way more attention, because I've seen The Gate a few times, it's on my top 80s horror list. He looks like a middle-aged man who is in middle school. I'm glad you brought up that list, because, dude, I was so confused. Because I remember there was two movies on your list I hadn't seen, at least two. And yeah. you explained them to me on the episode, and one of them was The Gate, and one of them was Demons. So, yeah. And I remember you said, like, for demons, you're like, oh, like, this act comes through at a theater and they sell tickets to all these people and things happen. And I'm watching this movie, I'm like, when is that going to happen? I had to mix <laughs> up in my head. I'm like, there's like 10 minutes left and there's this whole other plot Brett told me about that has to happen. And so I was extremely confused. I remember you, like, texted me. You're like, so far it's just little kids digging in a backyard by a tree. Is this right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, you said it was a rock and roll movie. I'm like, well, the little, one other little kid likes his records and his, like, metal and stuff. And you're like, oh, okay. I get what you mean, but I was, like, waiting for, like, the levels of, like, uh, Studio 666, Deathgasm, oh. Jennifer's Body, Black Roses, you know, something like that. So I was also waiting for that when he told me the rock and roll movie the whole time. I didn't know it was just going to be, like, a record. Oh, well, it's all about the record. It all comes from the record. I love that the other middle school kid is just, like, obsessed with it and has it, like, memorized. He has, like, the battle yeah. vest on with the patches. Kid's annoying. I like him. Ah, that one annoys me a little bit. Probably because I was that kid, so I'm allowed to hate him. <laughs> it, well, exactly. I remember being in, like, elementary school, being way too obsessed with ACDC, and, like, Playing like I was Angus Young in my bedroom with a broom. <laughs> yeah, this is just me wearing Iron Maiden t-shirts, like, and reciting the lyrics and everything. Oh, which we do have a couple little kid rooms that, you know, we always like to point out posters and whatnot. And I saw a couple posters in his room I liked. I did too, I noticed that. Yes. Alright, so The Gate from 1987 rated PG-13. Who did this? Uh, directed by Tabor Takas? Okay, we'll go with he that. He also did the Gate 2. A lot of the um, Gate 1 people seem to return for the Gate 2, so I'm interested in seeing it that at some point. I had no idea there was a sequel. Yeah. I'll have to look that up sometime. But this little boy, Glenn, who's our main character, he's riding his bike to his house, and nobody's home, not even the dog anybody. <laughs> and the TV's on, and he hears all these weird voices 
The back door opens on its own, which we will see that a thousand times. And he hears some voice from the treehouse saying, Papa! I'm like, what the fuck at this point? Remember, I'm completely blind. Oh, I didn't yeah. watch a trailer. I didn't read a synopsis. And combine that with, I had another movie in my head that you described. <laughs> I'm so lost already. <laughs> he crawls up into the treehouse and it's this doll. And then lightning strikes and the tree falls. He wakes up. It's a nightmare. The lightning strikes, the tree explodes for some reason. It's a gas-powered tree. And then it tips over slowly with all these lights are going on and he's in the corner like, Ah! 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 (laughs) He wakes up the next morning and the tree must have fallen for real that night. And so that's probably why he had that dream. Right, because he's woken up. I, I remember being like a little kid. Like, and of course I lived at home and especially if it was summer break and I'd be like having the greatest sleep of my life. I'm all tucked in like this uh, morning sun starting to peek through a little bit. It's like perfect. And then dad would like start the chainsaw and it wouldn't stop for hours. And it would just like immediately be like, Oh my God, God damn it. That (laughs) means I have to stack wood today. It would just be immediately ruined of like, God damn it. Dads love waking up at, like, the crack of dawn to go out and, like, work with power tools in the yard. That's, like, oh. a dad thing. Like, the second you have a child born, it's like, I have to wake up super early and use the loudest things possible on everyone's days off. To the point of my dad's been retired for, like, about two years now. And he will still, like, I'll be like, oh, how was your day? He's like, oh, not bad. I woke up at 5 a.m. It's like, Jesus Christ, Dad. I mean, you know I'm like that, too. I, I wake oh, up yeah. super early all the time. He's like, when did you wake up? It was like, noon. <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. He goes out to where the tree fell, and he finds in the hole when they take the stump and all the roots away, there's some weird crystal geode thing and steam yeah. coming out of the ground, and he picks it up, obviously, because, honestly, I'd pick this up, too. I know I was like, why would you do that? But you have no reason to think anything's weird. I went through a period of time when I was little that like there was this flea market we would go to and they had all they had a booth with all these kind of like rocks and stuff and I would buy like the cheap ones just because I thought they looked cool. Oh yeah, I, I did that too. I think most kids yeah. did. Did you? Was yours also at a flea market or was it somewhere else? I I'd find them anywhere to be honest. I don't really okay. know, but I know I had a, a not a huge but a sizable collection of them like that I have in a box. Yeah, it was weird, and then you just take them out and look at them. This was yeah. pre, like, the internet was, like, a huge thing. Yes, exactly. Um, his friend Terry comes over later, and they're digging to try to find more geodes, and a bunch of moths come out, like a ton of moths, and they catch some of them in a jar. Yeah, and, like, Terry, at one point, like, goes to dig deeper, and it, like, breaks through to, like, a cavern. Yeah, like, a super, like, you can't tell how deep it is yet, but... Very much like a hollowed out area of the ground. Oh, yeah. and But they also do find one of the uh, awesome $100 geodes, dude. We're like totally rich. We can buy so many Sacrifix t-shirts. Dude, being a kid in the 80s and getting 100 bucks is a big deal. Oh, yeah. I remember being a kid in the 90s and 2000s, and that was like huge. But... We're also introduced to Glenn's sister, Al, or Alexandra at this time. He calls her Al all the time, but just... Call me Alexandra! We're, like, fighting right now, and we won't make up until halfway through the movie! 
Everyone's so mad at each other in this movie for no reason. Everyone's always angry at each other. I don't get it. Mom and Dad are going away. They're immediately like, now, Glenn, remember, you're grounded. You can't go outside or have any fun. And he's like, okay. And then to the point of, like, Mom and Dad leave, and he's still out there like, bye, guys, love you. Like, I remember, like, being grounded and then, like, Mom and Dad going away, and it was almost just like, see ya. I hope whoever's watching me doesn't, like, abide. Yeah. But his sister's throwing away these old rockets. These kids are obsessed with, like, those toy rockets. Once again, like, I was Ice Cream Man. Of it's the yeah. kids and their, like, model rockets. No, I loved space and everything at this age, but I was I think these kind of went out of style by the time I was growing up, or I just never had them. Yeah, I didn't have the rockets. I remember having the G.I. Joes with the parachute, and I'd climb up oh, on the roof rules. and throw them off. But um, we didn't have rockets. Man, we're going down like super nostalgia land on this. I think we've talked about yeah. the movie for like two minutes. <laughs> Everything else has been old stuff so far. I think it's just because it reminds me of like growing up, like I said, like before the internet, when like you had to like play with your imaginary friends in the stream for like seven hours that day to like have any kind of fun. But yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, dinner yeah. that night, we find out that the parents are going to be leaving for a vacation or something for three days, and Lena's grounded for digging that hole in the backyard, and after dinner, he better go fill it in. Well, he's like, almost burnt the house down with one of the rockets. He won't stop fucking around with the hole that Dad paid to have, like, grass put over. So, like, he immediately, like, fucks that up. So I can, like, now at this age almost see where he's like, well, I bet you that wasn't cheap. So that's why he's mad. Yeah, definitely not. And at night, he's in bed, and he's telling his dad that Terry told him a scary story that there was a body sealed in our walls. He's like, no, that's all fake. He goes, I'll tell you what, you know, Terry's mom died last year or something. I think he kind of gets a little upset about that. This is all just to let us know that Terry's mom said. Yeah. And it's also like the dad says something about like, you know, Terry is kind of weird. Did you yeah. have like, did you do that when you were little as well of being like, I had a brother I said that lived in the walls. Yeah, I know. I remember you telling me the story. Yeah. Which, watching The Simpsons again, like, I got obsessed with it for, like, a little bit a couple months ago. I just stole it from The Simpsons. It's an episode. Oh, most kids' things like that were stolen <laughs> from something, whether they realize it or not. Yeah. But he tucks them in the next day the parents leave. No parties. And, of course, smash cut to a huge party going on in the house. But it's also, like, okay, so Al is, like, she invites, like, everyone over to her house to have this big party. It's fun to go to a party. It's not fun to host a party, especially if you're trying to do it like incognito because all she like, you see it like here in a second, she's just running around cleaning things. She's not having any fun. I don't know. It's not bad. If I don't mind. Cause I don't like leaving. So I don't mind if I yeah. have parties here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about like, you're in high school and your parents left and you're trying to do this kind of party. Ah, that's different. Yes. Yeah. As I would always want to go to just a field. <laughs> um, Glenn and Terry are upstairs trying to crack open the new geode they got. They finally get it open with a hammer and all this purple smoke pours out and it's super shimmery and shiny. They use a lot of that, like for their effects, they put that just animation over the screen. You know what I mean? That style. 
Yeah, it's that overlay kind of, there's a name for it, and I forget what it is, but yeah, it's the overlay type of, like, almost in the Blob remake when they go running by the giant blob at the very end, and it's, like, laid on top of it. Yeah, it's just, and it doesn't look right. No, it never looks good. No. He reads Akakutu Ala Eta or something, because after it cracks open, somehow the Etch-A-Sketch has all that written on it in Latin or whatever. Yeah, his um, Big Bird Etch-A-Sketch. Yes, and Glenn, of course, reads the scary Latin after the purple oh. smoke rock. Of course, you'd always read the scary words. <laughs> they sneak downstairs, him and Terry, to, like, crash the party, kind of. And bullshit that this entire party has come to a halt for scary storytelling time. There's no <laughs> way, like, attention spans would allow this at a teenage party. No, like, everyone, like, oh, what's that? Guys, put me down from the keg stand. Uh, Corey's telling a story. (laughs) (laughs) But then they tell all these stories. Oh, that one's not even funny. Then they're going to do the levitation thing. Like, what's it called? Um, Light as a feather, stiff as a board, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I remember doing it. Glenn is volunteered by one of the boys. They're like, hey, you, little man. They see him. Come here. And they go to do the thing to him. But he actually floats for real up into the sky. And, like, the whole way up to the ceiling, he breaks a light. And he falls down. And he tries to, like, grab onto another light and, like, pulls the wires out of the wall. You know, immediately Al's just like, god damn it. Like, fuck, mom and dad are going to know. Yeah. How am I going to explain that the brother floated away? Yeah. But he falls down, and then he's sad and cries, because he's a little kid. That would be terrifying, and he runs upstairs. Right. Al and Terry go up to try to cheer him up a little bit. Which, Terry's a good, definitely a good friend here, because this is also, like, middle school friends, who are, like, fucking piranha. They're vicious. You show any kind of weakness, they take you out. And he just cried in front of him. But Terry's still like, hey, it's okay, man. Like, I threw up this one time in front of people. Yeah, he's a good friend to him. And that night he's sleeping there. Terry can stay over. And the bug zapper outside wakes him up at night. And this is also a recurring thing throughout this movie. The bug zapper? Yes. Yeah. And Terry, like, wakes up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but looks down, like, the stairs and sees a vision of his dead mom at the door. It's so fucked up. I love you, Terry. Come to me. Come be with me. And all this creepy he's like, shit. He's immediately just like, Mommy? Yeah. And also, something is moving around in Glenn's walls, like uh, was like Nightmare on Elm Street style, how the walls get all elasticy and everything. Yeah, it's like, I, but you can't exactly tell what it is. It, it looks like a tiny critter ball is rolling around inside the wall with like how it's textured. Terry's hugging his dead mom and then snapped out of it and he realizes he's holding their extremely old fragile dog Angus and he drops it and the dog dies. Yeah, I think the dog was dead in fur like it was dead when he was holding it, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it died from the fall. I don't know. Well, because the the mom before they left mentioned that like you have to give Angus medicine. They mentioned a couple times how old he is. Then he's wandering around the party, just, like, eating a shit ton of chips and, like, things around. I would almost think he died from that. I don't think so, because of the end of the movie. It makes me think it had to deal with this. 
Oh yeah, because at the very end he does come back. Thank God. Yes, I was very. I've had enough dead dog movies. I don't want oh, those. And this is a lot of them carrying this dead dog around. Oh yeah. The next morning, Terry goes home. There's a note on his fridge that the dad's on a business trip, so he kind of has to fend for himself. You feel bad how young this kid is. Uh, mom who passed away clearly takes care of himself a lot. Yeah, because you like they do a pan around the kitchen and it's like empty pizza boxes, and he looks down at the one and there's like half a piece of pizza left. He just eats that. Yeah, it's definitely like a sad situation, kind yeah. of. Glenn and Al's doorbell rings, and Al's friends come back over. And why do these friends hate Glenn so much? Oh yeah, they're just picking on him. Like, go change your pampers. Just put a bottle out for the baby. He'll be fine. Like. Yeah, they want Al to go to the beach. He's like, I can't, because Angus died. <laughs> Glenn's like, tell him what happened. Yeah, and it's like, Angus died last night. And they all just, like, do, like, one of those, like, look to each other and, like, roll their eyes. Like, huh, bummer. Man, I would punch my friend in the face. That was their reaction yeah. to me telling them that. Especially it's, like, your super old dog. It'd be, like, my uh, childhood dog, Bear, when, like, she died. And it would just be me, like, shaking it off, like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah. But Terry back at his house is rocking out in his room, and <laughs> what's this band called again that he's listening to the Sacrifix. I have a Sacrifix t-shirt. Were they a real band? No. Oh, okay. I have a Sacrifix t-shirt from this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just such great, like, yeah, he quotes the, like, entire, like, monologue part of the album if he like puts his blanket over his head like a robe and is acting like a medieval monk kind of thing it's so funny <laughs> he looks like some old wizard like up there he has yeah. his hands outstretched and everything this is also where we get a lot of glory shots of his room where he's a big fan of iron maiden because he has a couple posters of that and the cramps i feel like this whole monologue thing he's doing really reminds me of Iron Maiden at the beginning of Number of the Beast. I was like, oh. let he who hath understanding know the significance of the number of the... You know, I feel like it's really inspired by that anyway, so that makes sense. It's that great cheesy 80s metal satanic stuff. Like how Motley Crue is satanic. <laughs> they, they say they are. We'll say that, yeah. yes. They have a, a pentagram on their album, but it's like, girls, girls, girls! <laughs> Back at the main house, Glenn tells off the friends and goes runs back upstairs, and Eric is going to take the dead dog to the animal shelter first to take care of it, oh. so that way Al can go with them to the beach. What's the animal shelter going to do with the dead dog? I'm so confused. Yeah. Like, is this a thing that people do? I guess just drop it off just to be like, it's almost like they don't give a shit, like they're just throwing it away. Not like they're burying it in the backyard. They're not like having it cremated to, like, have the ashes on their mantle or something. Like, oh, there's uh, Angus, you know, he was a good boy. No, it seems like they're almost just like, oh, they throw away dead dogs. I also feel so bad for this guy that just got saddled with the dead dog. of like, he'll take care of it. It's like, oh, sure. Give me the body. <laughs> he's pretty much like, yeah, no problem. Like, he's completely unfazed by it. It's almost like if, like, Dahmer got the dog. He's like, y you serious? Okay, yeah, I'll take care of it. No, I can't go to the beach later. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> but all the other teenagers leave, including Al, and Glenn's home alone, and he hears this electric crackling, just like in his dream, and the door, back door opens up again. He goes outside and unplugs the bug zapper, 
but the hole in the backyard has returned and is now smoking. Yes. And he keeps wanting to call mom and dad, but Al's not letting him, of course, because it's like, that's the worst thing you can do, because that means they're going to come home. Terry shows back up, and so nonchalantly when, like, Glenn explains what's going on, like, yeah, it's probably demons. I, I learned about it in my record. Yeah, the record that ends up just so happens to be about his best friend's backyard. Fucking wild. Yeah. That their treehouse tree tipped over in. I know in these movies we have to have a certain level of suspension of disbelief and everything. I feel like the coincidences are way too much, though. You know what I mean? But I think the only way they can get away with it is, like, the fact that they are, like, middle schoolers. They're not, like, high schoolers or older. The fact that it almost is kind of whimsical and, like, Goonies-like. Yeah, a little bit. I get what you're saying. But Terry shows him the record, and they think they've accidentally performed the ritual, but it wasn't complete because a sacrifice wasn't put in the hole. They go inside, cut straight to Eric. <laughs> the shelter was closed, so he brings the dog back. He's like, where am I going to put you now? Sees the hole in the backyard. He's like, oh, perfect. So he puts the dead animal, the sacrifice, into the pit. Perfect timing, of course, too. But it's so horrible because he pulls up to the animal shelter and it's closed, like you said, and he looks over at Angus and it's just like, now what, buddy? And then it just cuts to the dead dog staring at him. (laughs) (laughs) Al comes home. I guess she kind of feels bad when they're trying to do this reverse ritual to like stop everything they've already done. But she's bought them a brand new rocket. Yeah, all of a sudden, she's had this change of heart, where, like, what, five minutes ago, she was like, go fuck yourself, brat, I'm gonna go try to get laid at the beach. Now, all of a sudden, she's back with, like, well, I didn't go to the beach, because I went and spent all my money on this for you. I think it was nice. Oh, it's very nice, but it's weird where, like, it's not like she, like, broke the other rocket out of, like, anger right before she left, and she feels bad. It's just, like, out of nowhere. She's like, I'm sorry. Let's go play cards. Yeah, true. It it is very sudden, but whatever. I'll take it. There's so much going on in this movie. I feel like there's, like, a crucial piece of information every two minutes in this. So, like, yeah, we don't have time for any of that. Yeah, she she feels bad. Because this is, like, an 86-minute movie. It's under an hour and a half. Thank. I love those movies. That night, Terry is sleeping over, and Al's friends are also staying over. And, of course, they get, like, Glenn and them get into a little shouting match. And they just go back and forth. But my favorite line that I had to make sure I wrote down, Suck my nose till my eyes cave in. Glenn tells the friends. It's like these great middle schooler, like, tell-off lines. I love that. I'm going to bring that back. That's got to be a thing again. It's so much more creative than just, like, fuck you. Yeah. That night, there's a shadow of some kind of creature making its way up the steps, and Glenn's woken up by the bug zapper again, and all these moths, like, swarm at his window, and then apparently are strong enough they break the window. Yeah, it's like super moths. Yeah, and they swarm, and Glenn's like, no, go, no, and he runs out and gets out. That the moths attacking him is another one of those horrible, like, photo-on-photo, like, kind of special effects that just look terrible because it just looks like shadows oh yeah it doesn't look great at all but he gets out she goes back there's no moths just a broken window and she's like 
Terry, do you see anything? And she goes to wake Terry up. And then Terry shows up behind her. She's like, what? She's like, oh, very funny. She thinks it's going to be a hay boy in the <laughs> Terry's <laughs> bed. And she pulls the blanket off and it's dead Angus in the bed. And of course they yeah. all freak out. And then these giant monster hands, which I'm so confused by because we don't see anything that would have these the rest of the movie, but just reach up from under the bed and grab Al and start pulling her in. And she gets away. They grab her shoe, but she gets away from it all. And they all run. They wake up the other friends. Everyone's screaming, running out the door. They get to the front door and the parents are back. Well, it's horrible because once again, we there's another dead dog scene. They cannot get enough of this dead dog prop. They're like, if we made this thing and it looks this good, we're showing it over and over again. The hands coming from underneath the bed look like the hands that come up and grab Jason and Jason goes to hell and pull him to hell. You're not wrong. You, you aren't wrong. Or was it the <laughs> rock monsters from the never-ending story? Yes. But yeah, like you said, they run downstairs. Everyone's screaming, Mom and Dad! Glenn runs up to Dad. Dad's face, like, melts into, like, he, like, does Glenn, like, push his fingers into his eyes? And, like, all this slime? Yeah, because the dad, like, starts choking Glenn when he runs up to him. You've been bad! That's <laughs> what so Glenn caves his face in. It's covered in all this slime and shit. Like, it's the head falls off and it turns into bugs. Like, it's Halloween 3. The mother's just laughing maniacally. It, it gets so weird right here. And of course, they all run back inside at this point after doing that. Yeah. And when they go back, they turn back outside and the parents are gone. But Al's chased. Al goes out the back door, but chased back inside by these little tiny monsters. Our first oh. real good look at them. I love the little tiny, like, stop-motion monsters. Do they have a name, or are we just calling them the little monsters? It's like little demon things. Yeah, it's because, like, the record and Terry was hyping these up, and we do get, like, a giant one later and everything. Yeah. But you expect these things to look evil. They just kind of look like mildly annoyed Play-Doh. Yeah, they never look, like, extremely, like, mad or evil, usually. It's just almost like, ah, fuck you. Uh, yeah. it, like, it's also weird, because this is, like, this movie's, like, critters. Where, but, like, they had all kinds of those kind of movies. Where they had gremlins, they had critters, hobgoblins, um, the ghoulies. It's almost like this, it's like the tiny little 80s monsters, and there's a bunch of them. But, oh, yeah. you know, like I you said, these guys don't really have a name. No, they're just little angry Play-Doh blob demons. But I like them. <laughs> yeah. They get back inside, the phone rings, Al picks it up, and you just hear, You've been bad! Again, and the phone <laughs> catches on fire and melts. I love to think that's not even the demons, it's just Dad calling to remind him he's been bad. <laughs> yeah, like, you're still grounded. <laughs> like, we're having a amazing time without you, fuck you! I should have pulled out! <laughs> He calls at two in the morning just to remind him he's been bad. It's like, I know I was a mistake, Dad. Yes, I ruined your life. Okay, we'll do this again tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> they go into the basement to get the record the, to find more information out, but it just catches on fire and burns. Yeah, and it's what I do love they have the like, second of like, now what the fuck do we do? Our instructions are gone. <laughs> Yeah. They go to the backyard pit to read the Bible at it. 
Oh, which is hilarious, because they're like, because Glenn's like, the Bible! And they're all like, huh? It's like, the Bible will save us! And, like, the uh, twins, the, like, two sisters, who's uh, Al's um, friends, are like, we went to Bible school, like, we can find a good chapter? You know what? It's actually working, though. Because all the smoke starts pouring back in. It seems like it's going very well. But then they lose the, like... Oh, but it pours in, but then Terry falls into the pit, well, and, like, all the little things are down there with him, and you get some great animation of them grabbing what's supposed to be his foot. It's clearly, like, a stick with a sneaker on it, and then it cuts to him kicking at him and everything. Yeah. Well, it's great because uh, Terry's at, like, the edge of the hole reading the Bible at it, and Glenn's like, Terry, get away from the hole, and Terry's like, huh, it's fine, everything's cool, as he gets, like, closer to it. He basically just walks into it. <laughs> Very much so. The hole doesn't open up. He just stumbles no. in. But yeah, he like falls down the hell hole and like one of the demons comes out and is almost like just standing there looking at him and Terry like waves at him. Then another one comes out of nowhere and starts trying to eat him. <laughs> doesn't it say like hey to him or something at first? Yeah, it's like weird of like it almost wants to be a friend and then it's like oh yeah, that's right, I'm supposed to be evil. Yeah, then they grab him and start biting him and everything, but the friends lower a swing from the swing set that fell from the tree, and they pull him up out of that. At, at this point, too, Glenn's still reading the Bible at it, but starting to close the hole, and Terry's like, stop reading it! Because he's going to be locked in there. It's like, you motherfucker, yeah, stop! Help Al! <laughs> they throw the Bible into the pit, and the pit catches fire and disappears. It looks like they've saved the day. They all celebrate and jump around. They go back inside. And I love that Al's friends are hiding in a closet with garlic necklaces. Oh, yeah, and it's like they have, like, butter knives, and they're making a cross out of them. Like, get away from us, demon! Yeah, so, look, you just went through one of the crazy experiences in life. Like, you'd have to take a minute, right? Like, I'd be, like, sitting down, like, after a celebration. I'm like, oh, let's yeah. talk about what happened. Because, one, I never want to forget, like, and just, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, nope. Right then they hear another noise, but it's the boys showing up for them to all go hang out and party more. And I was like, no! One, we literally just fought off hell. Yeah, and, like, the guys are like, oh, bummer. <laughs> but the other girls do leave with the boys, so now it's just Al, Glenn, and Terry left. And Glenn and Terry are watching some TV, and everything seems fine, until a fucking body breaks out of the wall. Terry wasn't lying. Yeah, where I love, it's like, it's the workman. And Terry's like, I just made that story up. <laughs> it grabs Terry, takes Terry into the wall with it, and then the wall, like, reforms. Like, kind of like, Cenobite style. Oh yeah, very much so, and you can hear Terry screaming, like, help me! And then Al's, like, looking in the mirror, and one appears in the mirror, and the mirror falls, and the shattered glass turns into the little monsters, kind of look like little sperm cells squirming around the floor, it's weird. Oh, well, like, there was a one part where, like, they slam a door on one of their arms, and it turns, turns into sperm for some reason. Um, the workman comes out of the mirror at Al, and falls over, and, like, turns into all the little demons, which is a gif oh, I've right, seen yeah. all over the internet. I have seen that, yes. Glenn goes to get the dad's gun, gets into the closet where I guess the gun is in this zipped-up bag, unzips it, but now evil Terry is in the back, and bites his hand. He has, like, fangs now, too. Yeah, but he looks like a rat. Yeah, it's like the Nosferatu teeth, not like Bella Dracula teeth. 
Yeah. And he's like, because he's biting Glenn's hand and Glenn's like, ow, help. And it's not like Terry like chews the hand or like eats that bit and goes for more. He just holds it in his mouth. Yeah, for a very long time. He's not chomping down harder or anything. Just, this is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Then, like, Terry just vanishes, and Glenn and Al are hiding in the closet with a shotgun, but the wall zombie body uh, reappears, throws Glenn out of the closet, takes Al, and then they disappear. Right, this is the second second sacrifice that's needed for the apocalypse to come, and, like... 10,000 years of hell to rain on onto Earth, basically. And it's like, okay, so now they have the two sacrifices. Glenn's there alone. He's just, like, crying. He doesn't know what to do. And then he's, like, thinking, and then it's something about, like, what's he think about? It's, like, something about, like, the light of happiness, or it's something like that. And it makes him think about his giant big rocket that his dad took away from him that he keeps bringing up throughout, like, the entire movie as, like, the Chekhov's gun. Yeah, you know that's coming into play. But also, dude, right here's where the living room just turns into a giant hell portal pit. And he's going up the stairs, and the stairs are collapsing under him. I'm like, dude, that whole house is going to collapse in a second. Go out the door, not up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. It's like horror movie 101. Never run up the stairs. Yes, but he does. <laughs> like all these tiny little demons come out followed by a giant worm huge demon with little arms and four eyes and all this stuff. It's the demon from like cuz they keep going through the record over and over again earlier in the movie and you see a picture of it. It's exactly that demon, which is just so insane that it's just like yeah, it's in my backyard. Yeah, I I don't know because it just grabs Glenn, but let's go. But now Glenn has an eyeball in his the palm of his hand. Yeah, I don't know what that is because like it's like you said, the demon grabs him, lets him go. He has an eyeball in his hand, and then like he Glenn goes out to like the window and just sees like this tunnel of like black smoke shooting from the hole into the sky. And it just looks like the apocalypse is beginning. Yeah, he goes, hell on earth. Which I want to know the, um, because Sacrifix seems to know all about these demons and how to stop them. I want to hear the lyric about when the middle schooler takes his toy rocket and shoots it at the demon and that saves the world. (laughs) Man, at this point... I, I'm not going to lie, I'm not following anymore. I'm like, okay, shit's just happening. Yeah. And it gets weirder and weirder each time. Because next, Glenn stabs the eyeball that's on his hand. And it doesn't work. But like, it seems like everything calms down for a second. He hears voices calling to him from the pit that's inside the house. And then he shoots his rocket at the giant demon. And the anim- like <laughs> the effect of it going into the demon's head isn't like a rocket blast. It's more of like a shlunk. You it's know like, what I mean? It's, it just, like, absorbs into the body. <laughs> yeah, and it, I guess, works, but I love this, <laughs> this terrible animation when the explosion from the rocket happens. One, I don't <laughs> think they're missiles. They just go in the air. They don't explode. No. But it goes into the demon and blows up, and it sends Glenn flying and flipping out of the house. <laughs> He's literally, like, head over feet. Like, whoa! Flying out the front door. 
It's like as bad as like the Indiana Jones movie where he hides in the refrigerator from the nuclear bomb. It's like he's so dead. And the house is somehow still standing despite the explosion that sent him flying out of it. Oh, there's like a few trees are knocked over. Like there's a broken window. But yeah, the house is still there. It should be like a crater. Yes. Um, there's fireworks, and then the sun rises. Everything's gonna be okay. And Angus, Al, and Terry are all okay. They all hug it out and sit down on the stoop in front of the house. And you get the line, think they'll notice? And they're yeah, all I, like... I think, I think they're gonna notice. There's no house left. Somehow the outer, like, shell of the house is there. Somehow. But the rest, yeah... <laughs> There's a there's a crater to hell in the living room. It's almost like it's like such a cheesy line. It's almost as if like Glenn like looks over to Al. It's like you think they'll ever leave us alone again? <laughs> and that's the gate. Yes, I love it. It's so much fun. It's batshit crazy, but I adore it. It was a fun movie. I'm glad I got to see it. Yeah. Um. So it was, a, like I said, very tonally weird. Like, I couldn't tell who it was for. It's one of those movies. And then, yeah. really solid start and middle. Then, like, I felt like they crammed so much in. Like, huge plot point, huge plot point, huge plot point. Firing and hammering me with them so much. I'm like, Jesus, like, okay, yeah, demons. And they're going to stop it somehow. That's all I need. Yeah, and how they stop it is just so, like, I guess it's whatever your favorite thing is or what you put your faith into. Yeah, I put my face into this big rocket. I don't know, yeah, like... Or maybe that's just their one weakness? I don't know. It's toy rockets? rockets. Yeah. But, yeah, that's all I think I got on the gate. It's an interesting one. Yeah. So, Count of the Dead? Yeah, let's get into Count of the Dead. Greg's Count of the Dead! Ah, ah, ah. It's Robin's War Count of the Dead, where we tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with the gate? 98. I'm going to say zero. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're correct. There there were none. Yes, no deaths, not even the dog. The dog even lives at the very end. Again, thankful for that. Yes. Red's Craig's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. It's not often we have zero. No, we don't have zeros too much. Once in a while we do. Yeah. Well, uh, now we're getting to my ratings from Dimension Z. <sighs> Uh, so basically, I'll take something from the movie and I rate the movie one through ten, one being the worst and ten being the best. I come up with that thing right now. I'm going to do because, like, the, it is a semi rock and roll movie. It's all about like this album and whatnot. That's where they learn about like most of the stuff. So I'm going to do bands that would help you fight the demons. Okay. So a number one band that would help you fight the demons, the worst kind of band to help you fight the demons. Oh, fuck. Um, I'm trying to think of someone that's, like, horrible that I hate that's also just, like, you know, they would just be like, no, it's not our deal. I almost even know they're, like, heavy metal. I feel like Metallica would be horrible because, like, Lars would just argue about it the whole time. And, like, none of them would want to get together to do it. They'd have to have, like, a group session, like, therapy thing to talk through it. By the time that's happened, like, the world's already taken over. (laughs) Lars is like, those demons owe me money. Napster money. Yeah, exactly. Like, how much am I getting paid to kill these demons? 
It's like, we need your Saint Anger Snare, Lars. <laughs> That's the only weakness. That's the only thing that brings Lars happiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, a number 10 band that you would want, the best band that you want. And I think it almost comes down to not even the band, but it's just the person. It's Motorhead. More specifically, Lemmy. Okay. I There's see Lemmy no, being on my side. Yeah, no, Lemmy's going to be fucking badass. He's chugging uh, Jack Daniels the whole time. So he's no, you know he's not afraid. He can stay up for at, like days on end because he's on all kinds of speed. So he's not sleeping. No, definitely not. Uh, real quick, speaking of Lemmy, you might see him in a movie this month, people. Just saying. Oh, we always love a Lemmy movie. Um, I'm going to give The Gate seven bands, rock bands that you would want to help you fight the demons out of ten. It's a lot of fun. I always have fun with it. I see the flaws with it, for sure. It's not like I'm completely blind to like, oh, I just love this movie. But I have such a great time every time I watch it. I had fun with it. I don't know if I'll watch it again. If I, I wouldn't mind watching it again. Like I wouldn't request to turn it off if it was on. Yeah. Um, I already pointed out the flaws. I don't know if I pointed out the good enough. So, like, it was fun. The demon stuff was, yeah. like, fun. I like the little stop-motion monster things. I gave it five and a half bands out of ten. Okay. And I also really enjoy Terry and Glenn together. It's like, you almost, like, it was, like, two middle school best friends taking on the world. Like, we can save the world! It's, like, that kind of great 80s movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that you at least enjoyed it somewhat. No, I liked it. I definitely liked it. I I just didn't love it or anything, but no, I liked it. I had a good time watching it. Good. Despite you confusing me, making me think I was <laughs> watching a different movie. That's not my fault. Debatable, but okay. Unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I got on the gate. All right, well, we hope that the gate has left your brain throbbing with horror. This brings to close another episode of Throbbing with Horror. But fret not, friends. Another episode will be coming next week. Same time, same place. Be sure to check us out on all the social medias. Just look for the Throbbing with Horror Pumpkin wherever you find your quality social media.